Hi, my name is Dimitri Livos and welcome to the Fixing Broken Buildings podcast where we talk about finding the how to fix your building now. I'm your host, Dimitri Livos, and today I want to talk to you about Notre Dame de Paris. That's right, the famous cathedral of Notre Dame in the city of Paris in France and the recent fire that's ravaged that building. Now, it was the setting for Victor Hugo's novel, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. It's a building that was built almost 1,000 years ago with famous Gothic architecture known throughout the world. And it was built with the use of solid timber oaks planted in the 7th century and sourced from nearby forests. This famous monument, which took over 200 years to build, imagine that, it took generations to build. The first people that would have built this building or started the construction of this building wouldn't have been around to see it be finished. Right? It was ravaged by fire most recently. The thing is, can she be saved? Can Our Lady Notre Dame be resurrected? That's the question. Well, let's have a look at how Notre Dame was built. Right? And then let's have a little bit of a look at how this fire has affected it and other similar buildings that have been resurrected in the past and, recent, and, and in recent history as well. And also, how is she going to be saved? Right? First of all, how she was built. I mean, this was a time of a lot of engineering, ingenuity, a lot of experimentation with structural design and structural changes. And we still had a lot of heavy building materials being used to build buildings at the time. And so in order to build these giant monuments that were basically built of stone and the only lightweight in it was timber, was to try and find innovative, innovative ways to actually create these buildings. And one of these ways was to have these six-part stone domes that used to be built piece by piece by piece and butt into each other. And the pressure of the actual dome being put together and then the outward pressure on those walls would hold the roof and, and the ceilings in place. Now, in order to get additional height on top of those stone structures, we'd use those local timbers. But I mean, they're very large sized timbers. You've got 12 by 12 inch beams and even bigger timbers running through the top of that building. And those timbers have been drying out now for, you know, over a thousand years, which is a substantial period of time to have all this dry timber up in that high vault. You've got flying buttresses coming off the side of these buildings so that these big stone arms that marry in with the, with the vaults and the stone vaults inside so that that outward pressure from the stone vault doesn't actually push the walls out and buckle those walls. So those walls get to stay in place. So it's a really innovative and interesting design to get these giant monumental buildings that are really awe-inspiring and especially at the time that they were built. The thing is this, How's the fire affected the building? You know, and, and given that the fire has started higher up, I mean, during this time now, in, in the very recent years, uh, the Cathedral of Notre Dame was undergoing renovation. And during that renovation is when the fires accidentally started. Now, these old buildings don't have elements in them that were created to have fire stops, so to speak. Notre Dame had an accidental fire stop, which has saved a good portion of the building. And I'll get into that in a moment. But in general, it didn't have the modern fire stops that we have in our current buildings. So when you get a fire going inside that building, now a fire needs fuel, such as all those old timber oaks that are up in that ceiling. It needs oxygen. It needs a chemical reaction to keep that fire going, right? And if one of these things can be stopped, 
then the fire can be slowed down or controlled. But if they can't, then the fire just keeps ravaging on. You see, things like fuel are hard to pull away from this fire. Because there's all these large timber beams that have been there for a very long time and are prevalent throughout the, the ceiling and the roof of the church, those are just going to keep on burning when they're caught on fire and they're hard to get to. One way to do it is to cut off the fuel source and cut a trench across the actual roof in the apex, so from the gutter to the apex and down to the other side of the gutter, and to do that on two sides of the roof and try and contain the fire. Now the fire was too far gone before this could happen. So cutting out the fuel seemed to be not an option that was going to work for the firefighters. Another option was to try and cut out the oxygen. But the thing is you've got these high vaulted ceilings in the church and it's very open and airy and oxygenated and that's fantastic for Sunday worship. It gives that, that awe-inspiring feel to the, to the building, to the church. You have the light shining in through the stained glass windows and the open, airy and light-filled rooms. But all of that also adds a great amount of oxygen that's hard to control within the building and shut down. The next part of it is the heat. Now, the fire was raging too far to get that heat under control. You could try and get water onto the fire, maybe through aerial waterways or through telescopic booms that actually shoot the water up to the roof and extend up to the roof, but the height of that roof was too high to be able to do that. So it ends up being that firefighters have to go inside the building and take their two and a half inch hoses, which they've got to hold and try and control and reach the top of that fire. Now, the thing is that fire and holding those hoses is very hard to control, especially when you've got timbers that are 12 by 12 inch in size and massive lengths of them falling down and crumbling around you. So one of the imperatives and one of the main things that was being done is going in and taking out the priceless artworks and saving whatever they could save in the church at the time, as well as trying to somehow get that fire under control. What ended up saving the church is an accidental fire stop. And I say accidental because it wasn't put in there as a fire stop initially. It was put in there as a structural element. And it was those six-part domes that they'd been experimenting with at the time that were the vaulted stone ceiling areas of the church. And those vaulted stone ceiling areas stopped the fire from spreading all the way down. And it also helped to control and keep the walls in place after the roof had burnt off and the spire had, fall, had, had burnt off as well. So those, those stone domes acted both as a fire stop to stop the fire spreading into the next chamber or into the main part of the church, and also to control the collapse of the walls and prevent the collapse of the walls, both with the flying buttresses that were on the outside and the stone dome that was inside. And this is what saved the church. Now, can she be resurrected? Yes, she can. She can definitely be resurrected. It's a monumental project. It's a hard project to tackle. I mean, that technology and the craftsmen and the style of building that was being done hasn't been done for a very long time. It was a very medieval style of construction. So we need to find people that can now reverse engineer this, save the remnants of the building that can be saved, and then source material to actually rebuild the new parts um, onto the building and then see if we can put in some modern elements into it that will help protect it into the future. Things such as steel for the roof design, um, metal roofs uh, in order to protect those roofs from future fires um, and different elements to be able to then allow sprinkler systems and the like to go throughout the church as well. Now, 
There are other churches that have been in similar scenarios and that have been refurbished. If we take St. Sava's Cathedral, uh, the Serbian Orthodox Church in New York City that was recently ravaged by fires, the entire roof had been burnt down, the inside of the church, it's currently under restoration and they've been able to keep those walls up, they've scaffolded all the way around, they've put supports and the church is slowly being meticulously rebuilt, it will take a long time. There's the chapel with the Holy Shroud in Turin that over 20 years ago in 1997 had a massive fire engulf the whole church and that has recently been reopened. It was a 20-year effort to actually rebuild and restore the church and we say restore but these projects are a conservation project, right? They're a conservation effort to get these monuments to humanity and society rebuilt so that we have them there for future generations as well. Now, what happens with a lot of these old buildings is that they don't necessarily have, you know, detailed blueprints or plans that we can work off. So we have to have the right teams come in. You have to have the right teams of engineers, of architects, of historians, um, of tradespeople, um, the right people to document the design, to document the, the actual reconstruction of these massive projects and to then slowly and meticulously put everything back in place. For example, the chapel with the Holy Shroud in Turin uh, was already undergoing renovations before the fire hit the church. Uh, it had been closed for seven years because some of the marble elements and marble cornices had fallen down. These were massive elements that had fallen down in the church and it was dangerous and they closed it down and started refurbishing the church. But they'd gone and sourced marble from local areas and from areas where the original marble had been used to build the internals of the church. Blueprints had been re-engineered um, or reverse engineered looking at the existing building and this was slowly and meticulously put back in place. Matching the grains of the marble and matching the portions of marble that needed to match with the existing in there, there was over 4,000 pieces just in that church alone that was salvaged, that was salvaged and about 1,150 of those pieces weren't able to be used. But what was salvaged was used again, and then marble was found from the original quarry that was used from years ago to actually build this church to make sure that it matched, right? So yes, Notre Dame de Paris will be resurrected, and it will be a monumental project to actually be done. It can be resurrected, it can be given modern building elements, it needs the right team of, as we said, engineers, architects, consultants, tradesmen, builders, historians, and the like to actually clean it up, take out all the pieces that can be salvaged, find matching sections um, and materials to be able to rebuild the church, and then be able to do some retrofitting while still keeping the original style and intent of the church, but be able to do some retrofitting to avoid having these future issues as well. I'm Dimitri Livas. Thank you for joining me today in the Fixing Broken Buildings podcast, and I look forward to seeing you soon.